0: Hey, 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 and welcome to another powerful, potent week here in the land of Terry Messenger's Genius Zone. And you know, if there's one thing I have to say, and that is that my true heart mission and vision, if it wasn't 100% aligned before in the full awareness of what is so important in my vision for the world, it is now very, very clear. And it has become clear since interviewing this beautiful woman this beautiful woman uh, born in the philippines and who has traveled to new zealand and lives in new zealand she is an internationally certified results coach she has a bachelor degree in microbiology But she is like what I call a scientist when it comes to all of the neuroscience of the mind and the brain. Because not only does she love science and not only does she know that this is the true credibility of facts, this woman, is really being put onto this planet to align your soul purpose and help you to break free of your deepest and darkest depression. Now even if you are not in a state of depression, you may be in a state where you're not feeling like you are as happy and vibrant and thriving in your life and you're going to find out exactly why. Not only are you going to find out why you're not thriving and why you don't feel as great as you know you want to, but it's going to help you by the end of this show. And I do have to tell you that we had to kind of end quite quickly when we complete our conversation, but I can tell you that what is shared is none other than, I mean, such a God sent to the planet Earth. Because this woman, her name is Regine, She is incredibly intelligent, but she has gone through so much in her life and she's gonna show you how and talk you through the way that you can align your life and you can feel that fulfillment that your heart your mind, your body, and all those elements, once they're lined up and they are synchronized, it is going to suddenly bring you into your highest potential. So with no further ado, get yourself your favorite drink because you are about to change your life right here in our show tonight. And this is Terry Messenger's Genius Zone. So let's bring on the red carpet, the beautiful Regine. Hey, Regine, it's so great to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us on today's
1: show. Thank you so much for having me. Your invitation came just right on time. And so, yeah, I'm very grateful for that
0: wow i love that i love it when people say that there's a synchrony of when we meet it's it's very timely because it shows a lot of what you're going to be speaking about today actually which is alignment and i really feel that a prepared mind does really open us up for you know the golden best greatest opportunities so I know that you're going to be a blessing to so many people out there that are suffering and that are, you know, perhaps trapped in their own deepest despair. And perhaps they've tried so many things and they just weren't able to, you know, get out or find that solution. And I know that You know, I love your story because it's so authentic and it's so real to not just your, you know, international accreditations, but because you have actually been through that yourself. So obviously, you know, you came through your own uh, depression. So, you know, the fact that you did become an international certified results coach, you know, there is so much power behind why that happened. And this is just such a real symbol to Terry Messenger's genius sign because, I mean, you had a Bachelor of Degree In microbiology. Oh my gosh, Regine, you know, so you're a clever, you're a clever young woman. And, you know, then you went into, you know, neuroscience. And, you know, you have a belief system. And even it doesn't matter what depth of despair anybody is in, this belief system, I believe your philosophy is extremely. Powerful. So, tell us about your philosophy on alignment.
1: Yes. So, in a very short statement, I believe that alignment is key to a fulfilling life. And so, without alignment, it's impossible to feel fulfilled and to live a meaningful life. Mm. And And yeah. yeah.
0: And, And I mean, how many people out there, even if they're not in that deepest, darkest despair where they're, you know, wanting to come out. There may be people um, like you and I that have our good days and bad days, but, you know, in the areas that that we may struggle, um, it's simply because we're sort of out of alignment, right? Um, so, you know, tell me about Uh, an example of when you were out of alignment and how that became, because I know you do a lot of scientific evidence. You like science. So Mm -hmm. we can really understand and know um, how much credibility this holds. But when was a time perhaps that you were striving and uh, maybe it wasn't when you were in your darkest, deepest despair. We will talk about that a little later. But you know, when you were perhaps doing something where that alignment was missing and you know your discovery of really understanding that alignment is the number one uh, you know value,
1: how did you find your alignment? Well, it's definitely a journey. It didn't happen overnight. And so I, my entire life before this enlightening situation was totally out of alignment. So from childhood, I grew up away from my parents, feeling repressed or suppressed. I, feel, I felt that I didn't belong. And I, I felt that I couldn't speak up because I was not as important as the other kids. And it was just the basis of everything that I did or the the decisions that I made. And I think a part of it is because my family, while growing up, I saw that my parents were constantly seeking help and assistance from other relatives. And it just added up to what I, I was already feeling that I was less than other people also because we had less money than them. And so when I graduated, I, was able to go to the best university in the country. I had a degree in microbiology and I was blessed enough to start getting roles in multinational companies. And that way, I, in the eyes of other people, it might seem like, oh, she's having a really good life. But what they didn't see is that I was doing all of these things, not because I felt it was right for me, but number one, I felt that it was necessary To prove to others that I am worth something. Number two, to prove to my parents that we are not going to stay the same way. And I think through that never-ending cycle, eventually I had to break down. And I think one of the major major life events that changed me is while I was getting burned out with my career back home, I was working in a factory as a quality control officer, supervisor. And I there were times that I had to work 72 hours straight. And wow. I felt that like I'm doing all of this just for others. And I was doing mm. it out of I didn't realize that because it was all for love for others, for family, and not for myself. Yeah, yeah. Making- yeah, wrong decisions, and I got pregnant as a single mother. I was I'm yeah, not...
0: I, I was really, really going to. Um, I, I really want to open up that conversation, and if okay. you don't mind, I would like to go really deep into that because that conversation about uh, you being a young uh, single mother and mm-hmm. suddenly having uh, something like what happened to you. Um, just totally put into your life I can see where suddenly there's this element of oh my gosh what is important and the real true meaning but I just want to go back before we do really uh, touch on that subject because that is that's that's kind of like the big juice and and power of of this this podcast and it has so much power for uh, people that are wanting to make that decision, especially when you have such a traumatic situation as you you have um, where you suddenly turn around. But just getting back onto the alignment topic and I understand that, you know, you understand it as the head, the heart, the mind, the body and all of these elements need to be really aligned and it's almost like you know I can remember times thinking back to when I was not on track and nothing made sense and it was almost like you were on a treadmill you weren't going anywhere and it was so frustrating and looking back now it's like the universe was screaming saying don't you see you are out of alignment and, you know, this is where, you know, my philosophy of everyone's zone of genius comes down to experience. Now, let's go back to when you were a little girl because you developed. Uh, just by what you shared with us, some patterns of thinking that you had. And I'm sure Mm. there are so many other people out there that feel the same, like they feel like they're doing things because they want other people's approval. They just want to be able to get their parents approval. They just want to be able to, you know, make those things happen. And yet that is so devastating at times because we're never going to please the world we're never going to be able to make you know others happy so it's just not something that is possible the only thing we can do is align with ourselves so when you were obviously one to two years old, do you remember those years where you felt like you were deserted from your parents and having to live with, you know, your, you know, family members? Did you, do you remember feeling the repression of not belonging?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought us back to that to that time because I remember... That even at that age, I, at one point, I started trying to make my own bottle of milk. Because so that's, there's a story behind that as well. Because my dad, the, I was staying with my dad's side, my relatives, and my dad grew up in a well educated, well off family. And my mother, on the other hand, she came from a poorer family and she didn't finish her degree. And so when they got married, like, culturally, ex- as expected, the, my dad's family didn't treat my mother as equal. And rather, they th- treated her as inferior. And so when my parents had to go overseas to work separately, I, I was left with my relatives, all with their own kids, who are my cousins. And I grew up feeling that I didn't belong with them. I grew up feeling less important because I am not their kid and my parents were not there. And that I am just a child of a mother who came from a poor background. And mm. growing up, mm. yeah. And so I think from that point, I felt that I couldn't speak up. Yeah. Can I share one instance? Because it's very Please strange do. that yeah. I remember these. <laughs> Thank you, because it's very strange that I remember this, but I remember when I learned reading the letter K, like, k. <laughs> and I went out running, because I, I was very young, I haven't even entered kindergarten, and I was just studying and studying, and I ran out to my auntie, who was at the time, I think, was washing the dishes, and I said, hey, auntie, listen to me, I learned how to read this, like, k. k, k. And I wasn't speaking like fluently like this, but in my head, I remember it that I ran to her. I said, kuh, kuh, and she just yelled at me and said, I don't care, go back to your room. Oh, and wow. from that moment, I felt that I did one good thing, one good thing to prove myself, and I was asked to go back because she didn't care. And from that moment, I felt that I just have to fight for myself from a very young age. was
0: and yet, you know, you fighting for yourself and you becoming independent like at the age of one and two where you even made your own bottle of milk. I mean, I can see where greatness is really evolved. And obviously you live in New Zealand now, but did you, Mm. is this in the Philippines? Did you actually grow up in the Philippines?
1: Yes, yes. This was back in the Philippines. So I grew up in Manila and eventually moved to a province a bit south of Manila. And then 10 years ago was when I moved to New Zealand
0: wow that's amazing so you're pretty close to me actually because i'm in australia and mm-hmm. you know it's this is so incredible about how our lives are shaped and what's really exciting about what i know you're going to really be able to share with your science with your bachelor degree that you have behind you in studies of you know, even uh, those elements like studying viruses and, and, and all of those elements and then going into the neuroscience and, you know, really understanding by what has evidently and scientifically been healed so that you're not living under the rule of oppression and that you are now free. So, you know, obviously these repressed feelings, not feeling that you belonged. And I always say, you know, in a person's life, even if it was a struggle many, many times and many events over the years, we always look, and you know this as an accredited coach and someone who understands neuroscience, that if you deal with three specific emotions that are really significant that is when you can knock down so much pain like a domino rather than with all respect to the counseling industry because we need our counselors we need our psychologists you know i work with them i teach them myself and there is a place and a space to really you know talk and speak and and need to process but what you're doing and the work that we do with these neuroscientific biohacking modalities is that you're actually able to go in and release them and of course there's nothing like giving evidence of how this happen because you know if a person is sitting in depression if a person is sitting in total unwanted emotions feeling stuck there is a way out and you understand that that way out is you know it doesn't have to be where you hit the wall so badly that there's no other place other than either up or spiralling into the deepest, darkest place. But, I mean, it couldn't have got any deeper or darker uh, in your experience. And this reminds me of Oprah Winfrey, actually. Oprah Winfrey had a very similar experience, even to the point where she gave birth to a son. And you went... To a, you know, obviously a, a, a time in your pregnancy where you gave birth to a beautiful baby boy uh, at 26 weeks. And, you know, you were obviously able to, to see him, spend time with him. And then 21 days later, he passed away. I mean, obviously, you hadn't planned that pregnancy. However, you know, what was that like for you to go through that experience?
1: It was very difficult. It was very difficult because I felt that I was alone. And it was Mm. a combination of many different feelings. I was feeling guilty. I was feeling ashamed. I was feeling alone. I was feeling confused. What do I do next? I was feeling like, what is the purpose of everything? And so it was a very difficult moment because I had to take care of so many things aside from my emotions and the situation with the baby. I also had to think about finances because he was stuck in the neonatal ICU for Mm. the entire 21 days and that's very expensive on top of the family family that i was also helping out and so at that point i had two things in my mind that number one i have to change this that when my when my first baby died i knew in myself that i was never going to work under anybody's control anymore and i will never just work for others and consider myself but also on the other hand, I also felt at that point that after I paid off my debts in the hospital that accumulated from my baby that there is no purpose of life left because I never found it I was always out of alignment and mm-hmm. at that point the, the truth is I was just living until I pay off my debts and I was happy to die. Those were yeah. the things that turned around for me from that point.
0: And yet, it's almost like, you know, there could be never any comforting words to do the justice of losing. A child Mm. and you know one where you've come right through to that point and birthed him and then for to lose him 21 days later I mean I can only imagine how heart-wrenchingly devastating that would have been and yet I'm also hearing his legacy so did you Mm. name him yes his name was Nathaniel Nathaniel. Wow. Is there a meaning? Because I feel like Nathaniel is a very significant name.
1: Do you know the meaning? Mm, Yes, yes, yes. I got that from the Bible. It means God's gift. Wow. I just got like shivers (laughs) going right
0: through every cell of my body. I knew it. I didn't know that, but I knew Nathaniel was a significant name and the fact that it's God's gift. Wow. So Nathaniel's legacy is in the work that you are now doing for so many people and you know here's the good news like it's it's like every story you go to a movie and you watch the superhero but let's face it right if you watch a movie and the superhero begins with the rainbows and butterflies and it moves being completely happy and glorious all the way to the end, it's kind of boring and there is no superhero. A superhero is really what we conquer, what we are able to overcome. And I can't help feeling that Nathaniel's legacy in being that part of that total turning point that got you to thinking, I am never, going to waste another day in my life stressing out for someone else, another boss, working in someone else's conditions. It's like now you have moved into that great space where you are helping so many people. And, you know, the fact that you succumbed into the darkest and deepest depression At that point, I have to tell you, this is where the superhero becomes the superhero in this story, because it's what you can now overcome and how you are helping the world. And that's what I absolutely love. So you have a theory and I know that this is something that you really hold true to and that is that you are who you are today as a result of the obstacles you overcame and can you go into detail about how obstacles in your observation As a neuroscientist, you know, I'd almost call you a neuroscientist because of the fact that you have got a degree in, you know, that element of, you know, human beings and the fact that you've done so much study on the brain. But can you go into detail about how obstacles can become people's, I guess, that platform to rise up and become all of everything they want to become?
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. So obst- I believe that more th- more than the obstacles that we encounter, it's really about the response and how we be how we act based on those uh, obstacles. And so, in terms of neuroscience, how we take in information, and that information can be the obstacle, and we take it in, and it becomes a trigger, right? And then it triggers something inside of us. It can trigger an emotion, it can trigger uh, conflicting values, which in turn becomes a response. And so I believe that whatever obstacles we face, it can make or break us. And it 100% depends on how we want to wire our brain based on it. And I think before I start, I want to tell a short story, because this really frames it. well. And there's a story about these two brothers who grew up from the same family, same home, same education, but they grew up to be two very different people. And the first brother became an alcoholic and the second one became a really successful professional. And so when they interviewed the alcoholic brother, they said, why did you become like that? And he said, I grew up watching my father who was alcoholic. So obviously I turned out like him. And so they became very curious and went to the second brother. And they asked him that, why are you now a successful professional? And he said, because my father was alcoholic. And I grew up and I decided I don't want to be like him. And this story is so powerful because it just shows that Yes, we do have obstacles and it can make us to what we are today, but it's not really the obstacle. It's not the information. It's how we take it in and how our brain responds to it, that I want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I fight it or no, I'll just surrender. And I think with coaching when what we want to do with people like me since you mentioned earlier also about therapy and counseling the difference with therapy and counseling is that we want to explore the obstacle we keep talking about it again and again and through time we hope that it heals because we are used to it and we're used to the trigger and we're used to the response but then with Coaching, what we do is we empower people so that when the trigger comes in, the information, the obstacle, or even just the memory of the obstacle, we are able to train our brain to respond differently by creating new neural networks, by strengthening new brain, brain cell connections so that we are able to respond differently the moment the trigger comes in. And so, for example, when I remember the times that I succumbed to depression and had to leave the job, when I lost my first baby or growing up feeling repressed, if you would ask me several years ago, I would cry. I would just feel bad. I would be depressed for the next few days. But because of coaching, transformational coaching, I was able to finally rewire my brain that whenever I remember those memories those triggers, I am already able to respond differently because I have built new neural networks that I am now focused on creating better results rather than triggering, letting that trigger create depression.
0: Wow, that was awesome. I love that. Did you guys all hear that? Mm. (laughs) Wow. This is true (laughs) for you. Yes, this is true for you because when this podcast falls in your hands, you're going to know that this is not just exclusive to Regine. This is what Mm -hmm. Regine can do for you. And, you know, this is also we're going to go into your program and and for those listening, they're going to really benefit just from hearing um, what you're covering inside of your program, because uh, that in itself is enlightening. And as you know, words are so powerful and the development of new ideas is a a great way to kind of begin to, I guess, wet the taste buds, if you like, to begin to think differently about how you want your life to look. And also, you would know too, Regine, that when people become super aware of what their downfalls are because rather than like I know that I lived inside of my downfalls and it was almost like well that was just my lot in life that's where I was so it was kind of like an acceptance but when you come to know what we know today that the more awareness you build the more powerful it is just in that way so You've got this program and obviously you have put your heart and soul, speaking of alignment, into this that is going to demonstrate clearly how people are going to get the results of being able to really shift from where they are into what and who they want to become. So this is the neuroscience in the art of rewiring the brain. Oh, wow. And, you know, this is where you're offering a method that is science-based to give results quickly. Tell me about that. How quickly and, you know, what can people expect when, you know, you are actually working with them?
1: Yes. So this is an eight-week program. And the ultimate goal of this program is that the client, when they leave me and the program, they are totally transformed person. And so we start with aligning with their true selves, finding out who they really are and who they want to be. Usually the person they want to be is already who they are, but it's just hidden behind all the false belief systems we've accumulated. And then we identify what sort of results do they want how does that transformation really look like and then we connect those results into their golden values what's really important to them what uh, their principles are and then next to that we dig deeper into something we call shadow values and this is a this can be a very sensitive topic because it's quite deep but I think when we nail it and really connect it to the person we really want to be, and just own it, it becomes a very powerful tool to get that alignment. And all these things that I've mentioned, this is going to be done with methods that will help the client rewire their brain, meaning to create new brain cells, and strengthen the neural connections that will strengthen the connection between their real self and the results they want more than the connection of their old self to their current life. Mm. And so, you know what easier. I love about that.
0: You know, on the cellular mm-hmm. level, it reminds me of something Deepak Chopra said, and what I read uh, in his philosophy, and and it really uh, demonstrates through what you're saying how it works. And he says that the cells of our body. Uh, Ears dropping on our mind. So, you know, whilst, you know, there's this specialty where you're really focusing in on people in that deep, dark space that really deserve to come out and be all of who they are. And I love, by the way, that you said they are that already. Uh, It's Mm. just that they need to really pull away all the junk that is really Mm. suffocating their their greatest version. But Deepak uh, has that theory that the body breaks down too. So, you know, people age faster because they're in stress. They have more susceptibility to, you know, enduring injury and joint pain and disease. And, Mm. you know, what you're talking about in the neuroscience of purifying the cells of the body, it makes sense because when you think about it, if you're changing those cells and helping them to purify that wound, that darkness, that shadow, then of course, right, it's going to come back because our cells are, are, are constantly reinvigorating and changing anyways Mm -hmm. right so it almost makes sense in the way that well if our cells are renewing and the younger we are the faster they renew apparently um, then why do we continue having the same thoughts the same problems the same disease if we are renewing and I feel that your work is absolutely testimonial to why that is because you are helping people change at that cellular level so you're offering the method that is science-based and gets these results and you know this program goes for eight weeks and you know you're I guess the first part of it is aligning them to their vision so they Mm. can live the life of their dreams what kind of elements do you practice when you're helping them to align with that vision of who they want to become? Can you give us any tips without obviously giving everything away, but you know, of of what you actually help, how you help a person who's been in so much darkness for so long, suddenly create this vision?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And a lot of clients struggle with that. And I would say I did too, because when you are in the deep darkness, it's very hard to see the light, right? And we just don't know. It's like we want more, but we don't know what more looks like. And so just like any coaching, we engage with a lot of challenging conversations. But I think for people who just really don't know what they want, I usually ask questions as like, if you already had $100 million in your account right now, what would you do? Where are you? What are you doing? Or if you know that it's okay to fail, or if you know that you're guaranteed to succeed, what would you start right now? What would you Mm. be doing? Where would you be? Because most of the time we don't know what we want because we are so stuck with the current situation. And just like in neuroscience, how the more we think about something, the stronger that neural network becomes. Hence, they say what you focus on grows. It's the same thing. And so because we keep thinking again and again about the current situation, we do not have any neural network to look forward towards the future we want. And that's how it becomes so difficult. And so when people is constantly seeking for something and they don't even know what they're seeking for, I think it's very good to start with those questions that what would, what is missing? What would fulfill that? Yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah and 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 also because you obviously are this you know very powerful coach in this sense um you you pro- do you find that you practice uh moving a person out of the three dimensional so to speak like the matrix here mm-hmm. and do you find that it helps if you raise them up and actually you know take them out to that future and Um, kind of move into their higher self as a presupposition do you practice that
1: yes yes so I can do it in different ways because I understand that there are some people and some religions who cannot do hypnosis or meditation and so it is very helpful to visualize like how you said the future and bringing them up there and I think If they can do meditation and clinical hypnosis, that's great. If not, just visualizing and looking at it from a third perspective from up above is really helpful because it opens up their mind from whatever is already there. It's like going out and challenging your own brain because it's the only way to open up to new ideas to the future that you want, because your brain is not aware of it. The brain thinks that anything unfamiliar is danger. And so when we look at it from the top, like you said, and just look at it on a third-person view, it helps the brain visualize it. And slowly, the more we do it, the more neural networks we build, the more familiar the brain becomes. And the easier it is for us to take actions towards that life that we want, the alignment that we want. And, yes, absolutely, absolutely, that one is very beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) That's so, so cool.
0: And, you know, the next part in your module, which I feel is is really a strong, rock-solid grounding element for people who are ready to transform their lives dramatically Is identifying the values that are going to help with these new neural networks uh, Mm -hmm. of what they desire and, you know, obviously the results they're going to receive. So tell me about some of the values of your own personal life I mean I know that uh, people listening in would love to know about what you value and what you really set because obviously um, with what happened to you with losing your son and all Mm -hmm. those elements that you endured in your life that would have really shaped your values too and awakened them so tell us about your values just so that the listeners can get an idea of how to start creating theirs so if someone comes and joins your program when they join they're going to have a really sound inspirational
1: version of what to do yeah so when we talk about golden values these are the things that are important to us these are the things that excite us these are the things that when we talk about it when we learn about it we just light up and for me the most important things are family family travel charity work is very important to me and my faith and so mm, everything beautiful. yeah so everything that i do if it's not aligned with these values it's it becomes very difficult and so for example this is how i said that when i got pregnant as an unmarried young woman it was not just the difficulty of having a premature child or the finances attached to it it's also the guilt and the shame because what i did i wasn't proud of it based on my faith it wasn't what my family would agree of and i know i know that for myself that it's not something that i am proud of as well so yeah i think for people to identify their values those are the very easy questions what's most important for you? What excites you? What do you want to learn that you don't, no one is forcing you to learn? What do you like to talk about even when nobody wants to listen? So, <laughs> because when we are able to connect those things to what we do, it becomes, again, easier for our brain to take action because we, the brain knows that this is urgent, this is important. And so it makes it stronger. Uh, I think one example is sometimes when People feel misaligned because they don't like their job and they say that oh, I don't like my job. I'm unhappy. That's why I don't have purpose. I need to find a new job to get that alignment. And But most of the time, it's not true. It's not really just the job. The thing is, because they might be doing the job because it's attached to the value of family. We need to provide. We need to give them what they want. But then we have another value that we really love, for example, singing or arts. But because of too much job, 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 we do not have that energy anymore or we don't have the freedom neural networks. That, yeah, the freedom to do the things that we love or to we don't have time to spend with the people who are important to us. And sometimes that is where the misalignment is, not necessarily because we're not following our passion as our job. It's because we do not have time and energy for our other values, or other passions.
0: It's and, interesting yeah. that
1: you've said that because Anthony Robbins he
0: tends to go through the value systems as well and sees like that there are six human needs and they really come into serving where a lot of your values are. And quite often, if he's talking to people about their relationships and how something went terribly wrong or, you know, how you can have a broken down relationship that maybe could have been easily sorted out. But for some reason, it became irreparable. And even though I believe that all things happen for a good reason, and everything that does happen, if we lose people, if we connect with people, it's because that is exactly where we are. Anthony used that value system To ask the question, like if someone was really upset with their partner, for example, or they had a big fallout with someone that meant the world to them, you know, he asks them to look at which value system they had broken and he looks at the love connection. He looks at the importance of, you know, did you did you just feel like you were so totally insignificant? He looks at the certainty and whether they felt so, you know, out of uh, alignment because they didn't feel that certainty and that protection and safety. He looks at the excitement, the fun and variety, whether that was pulled out and, you know, obviously taken away. And also he looks at the contribution, which this is a lot about what you are talking about here. So I can't help feeling like I wonder, I just wonder, a question to you, Regine, is if someone out there is really suffering in a situation in their life, would it be a good idea for them to get to know their values? And if somebody doesn't know their values, have you got any tips of, that you're prepared to share here and now um, of how they can perhaps discern their values?
1: Mm, interesting. I think uh, discerning values can only come from within. So it can't be that they don't know it. They might just not be aware that that's their value. Yeah. And so I think if if you ask, if one asks oneself that, why am I doing all the things I want to do for who am I doing it for? Or for what am I doing it for? Why, at the end of the day, why am I doing this? Asking the five why, seven why, sometimes even 20 why, 30 why, a person will get down to the bottom of it as long as they are honest with themselves. For example, um, I don't know what my value is. I'm just going with the flow. I'm just going to job okay, why, why am I going to work? Because I want to have money. Why do I have, want to have money? I want to travel. Why do I want to travel? Blah, blah, blah. And you keep asking why. And then at some point, you will get to the bottom in, of it. And usually at this point, people will cry. They will break down. They will have goosebumps. And that's because it's always been inside of them, but they never really acknowledge it because it's so deep and vulnerable that they just want to ignore it. And I think that's the most effective way to find out your most important value. That's very powerful.
0: That's really Mm. powerful. So maybe the listeners can write down your why, whether that is why do you want something you Mm. want or why you feel so poorly about what what is the value that's missing there and what would you prefer but it really comes down to why do you want it and as Regine says um, just keep on asking yourself why until you go so deep that your why will make you cry (laughs) I love that (laughs) Yeah, I really love that. Yeah. And of course, you know, the the next module you take people through, and it's so exciting because you're just, you know, you're developing their value system. And obviously Regine will go into detail with this in her program. And identifying exactly what you desire and, you know, having that vision. But then comes like the middle of the movie, you know, the exciting part, the crunch. Mm-hmm. And this is the part where you're discovering the darkness of your shadow self and the past that is actually relevant to the rock-solid foundation that... I believe what you're doing in this regime is you're helping people use it as a platform to leverage from their shadow of darkness to where they're going to go. Can you talk me through the, the darkness of the shadow part in your program that is really relevant and what people would be really highly beneficial to hear right now?
1: Yeah, so when we talk about shadow values, these are the values that we usually don't open up to other people. It's the values that we want to hide or we don't want to admit. And so when while working with this with clients in the program, it's very important that the clients to feel safe and vulnerable. And I think working on this, if we just really nail the right shadow values of someone, like you said, we can leverage it so that we can use them to get the results transformation that they want. And for an example, I give myself because it's the safest. (laughs) So I have a very, very strong satisfaction when I am in control and when everything around me is in control. And so I want the house in control. I want the kitchen tidy. I want everything tidy. I want people to listen to me and to do what I want them to do. (laughs) and this is not something I openly say to everyone but but this is the perfect example for this one yes it is yeah many people would come to me that hey take it easy you can do your work without tidying up the kitchen or you can still go along without having everybody agree with you eh? you can still be a good leader without having all the things perfectly arranged and prepared for you and I've tried it because people say, used to say that, hey, that's contributing to your anxiety and it's just not good for you. And I did that and I just became more tired and I felt more, I mean, less aligned. And that's why as a result, I felt like I was working on my anxiety, but the reality is I became an underperformer. Because Mm. I was not satisfying that underlying value, the shadow value of control. And so when I work with clients and we really identify, do you like feeling superior, for example? Do you like people respecting you so much or whatever it is you want all the attention towards you? What we work on is for the client to actually, hey, embrace it. It's not bad as long as we are using it for the real purpose of you when you are fully aligned. And so when I embrace that love of control, I make sure that everything is tidy. I make sure that, hey, I tell my husband that, hey, I want this to be set up like this, or I want this to be in total control while I'm in a meeting or while I'm away from the house. And I know because of that, I know that whoever will come from our house, They will see, they will be comfortable. They will feel safe. I know where to get things when I need them. And they're same at work in coaching. If I am not, I don't want to be in control. I won't have everything so organized and structured and it will be a mess for the clients. But when I embrace it, it becomes even more efficient for the client and the client gets more results. And so when a client, for example, wants attention, We want to make sure that the client can build more neural networks on how their desired transformation can actually feed them more attention Mm, without making making them them. feel guilty about it. And so because we are feeling fulfilled from that shadow value being fulfilled for the benefit of everyone, not just for not for selfish (laughs) benefits, then it becomes a very strong driving factor because we usually don't want to admit it exactly so do you
0: think admitting it is is actually uh, a big piece of the power in this because I know that when when you say that when I think about it now yeah there's some values some things that I want secretly to myself inside like they're the things that I know that I really really desire that I probably wouldn't want to admit to, to everyone else. Do you feel that it's important to actually speak that out and, and own it, perhaps?
1: <laughs> uh, speaking it out, probably unnecessary, not necessarily, but admitting it honestly to yourself and embracing it, 100% very important. Yeah. Okay. And well, that's, that, yeah. I
0: love that. I, I do like that because there's so many elements that I am sure that people want, but they either feel like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to admit that to myself because mm. it may seem selfish or it may seem to be, you know, but the, the fact is that when we understand that it does mean a lot, and even if it does seem vain on the outside, um like for example i always wanted to be famous like that was you know and i'm admitting something (laughs) that i didn't want to admit because in my mind well everybody wants to be famous that's what i thought because it was so much part of my innate desire that i thought who am i to say i want to be famous so it was always that that element but then when i think about it it's not that shallow because you know, when I ask myself the question, why do I want to be famous? It's purely and simply because I want to do something in this world that is significant. So I totally, I, I, I just love that. I love that 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 finding of it all as well. Now, I'm also going to touch now on the next part, which is really exciting because this is the rebirth process for the person and it is I'm, I'm going to give you the floor here i'm actually going to give you front center stage the rebirth process, which is you know, com- that's the combination of all your modalities, being neuroplasticity. I know you didn't want to mention that, um, but I feel that neuroplasticity is an important piece uh, because it's it's the part that's pliable and what we're given, you know, when we're children, and the healing of the the whole process and blending it with the neurogenesis which is also you know going back to that rebirth can you talk us through this transformation of new brain cells and I'm going to give you front center stage on this.
1: Yeah so I what I want to explain let's start with neurogenesis so when we talk about neurogenesis it's all about the creation of new brain cells and naturally it only happens when we are born and all, only up to a few months after we are our birth and then they continue to grow until we are about 18 years old however there's a one part of the brain called the hippocampus that continuously generates new brain cells and the hippocampus is the part of the brain that's responsible for learning and memory and so with that understanding when we incorporate that into coaching we are able to target that part of the brain with different methods so that it creates new brain cells and are able to make new neural networks so that we can create connections towards the transformation that we want to what we are now. And on the other hand, neuroplasticity is all about how our brain is able to re- to be rewired so that we can respond differently to the same. Circumstances. Uh, For example, how I mentioned earlier that every trigger that we get are just bits of information that our brain processes, makes a meaning out of it, and in turn, we have a response that it can be a behavior, it can be an emotion, it can be how we show up in the world. And when we are able to understand how to rewire that brain, our brain, correctly, so that the neural networks that works positively for us are stronger than those that do not work for us, then we are able to make it easier for our brain to take action towards the transformation that we want. Usually we say that, oh, I don't have energy to go to the gym. I don't have energy to actually stay on a diet even though I want to lose weight, right? And it's not really because we don't have energy to go to the gym or energy to keep track of the calories or what we eat. It's really about how much resistance our brain has to doing those things. Because we are not used to doing doing uh, going to the gym or doing diets and counting calories. Our brain thinks that, hey, What are you doing? Why do you want to lose weight? If you haven't lost weight before, the brain thinks that it's something new. It's unfamiliar. It's danger. And so it gives us more resistance to do those specific actions. And so when we are able to apply neuroplasticity and neurogenesis the right way so that our brain has less resistance connected to those actions, then it becomes easier for us to transform.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: Did you guys just hear that?
0: <laughs> that is what you can expect when you are inside regimes program. And, you know, I guess the part that is so, so exciting, and I really feel that this is one of my favourite segments, is, you know, one of the last chapters in your program called Rewriting Your Story to Align with Your Higher Self. So, you know, I I just think about If I could rewrite my story and, you know, I always remind myself that there are no regrets in life, even when things perhaps were so bad, I don't regret anything because I know that it has brought me to where I am today. And I feel like I just want to say on the rewriting of the story, it's not about, you know trying to do something that is so impractical so irrational and is not possible you know i i really want to say about this chapter that is inside your program that when a person is rewriting their story they are really recoding their patterns for their future self it's Mm. not about trying to delete what happened you're only deleting and dissolving and clearing the wounds that you've been holding in your nervous system and in the cells of your body however Mm. when you practice rewriting your story and saying well you know if i took out all of that you know trauma right back there say as the one to two year old and i was recoding it what would i recode it with And it's like, well, what if I had self-love? What if I had, you know, support? What if I had encouragement? What if I was lifted up to feeling so important? And really, would you agree, Regine? uh, Because this is your program, right? When people are rewriting their story, they're rewriting for the future, but they're also really recoding and rewiring from the past. What would you say and what would be the significant elements that come with rewriting a person's story when they're inside your program?
1: Yes, yes, you're absolutely correct. It's both rewriting the future and also the past. And so when we are rewriting stories from the past, when we want that trigger to result into a different response, we usually do an exercise similar to what you mentioned earlier, like going up and just looking at it from above and seeing all the different characters and factors that you haven't seen before and rewrite that story with additional understanding, with additional gratitude, with additional uh, additional perspectives from many different angles. And when we do that, we see that not everything is bad and instead of triggering depression or anger or anxiety that story will now trigger a feeling of gratitude a feeling of joy so like how you mentioned earlier that everything happens for the good and that's because of the perspective that you have the, the story that you've created with gratitude with understanding and with a purpose And I think once we rewrite that past story, we are able to clearly write the future story that aligns with us. Because now the story that created limiting beliefs is now a story of empowerment. And instead of a story saying that I had a very difficult childhood, that's why I don't know how to say no whenever I want to. It now becomes a story that I had a difficult childhood and that's now I have to say yes to what I want so it doesn't happen to my future generations or to other people. And that's how we start writing the future story. Oh, that's legacy work right there. Boom, girl, boom.
0: (laughs) Um, And that is, you know, it's not just about breaking the patterns in your own life, but it's about rewriting for the legacy of future generations Mm. that go on and beyond. And wow that that's just that that flicks my switch (laughs) that totally (laughs) flicks my switch and you know this is the last chapter in your program which you know currently is module number eight um I feel is something that is quite often left out of a lot Mm. of people's programs because you know, even I've worked with people where they've gone through massive healing. They've gone through so much, uh, you know, that they've they've recreated and they're set free, and they're now just in that place and space where they can do the things that you've talked about you know rewriting their story creating the life of their dreams becoming successful and as you know the most of the people like yourself you are definitely an avatar Uh, the people that come into this show the people that come through uh, my channel whether it is just in whatever container there is the similar element that everybody wants to do something significant on this planet Earth to make it a better place, right? Mm -hmm. But, but, and I do say the negating word but, because everything negates without this last piece (laughs) that I love that Regine has included inside of her program. And that is about taking massive aligned action. And that is to really activate you know, like it's okay to be free and go, oh, I'm free now. I'm liberated. I feel great. But especially uh, for people that, you know, are coming into my space where you do want to be something great. You can't be something great unless you actually do something great. You do have to take massive aligned action. What are some of the elements that you are really helping people, you know, that you're driving with them that helps them to take massive aligned action?
1: Yes. So what we start is again, now that we have the results and the vision that they really want, we go from the very top and the big picture and slowly trickle it down until it becomes really, really small actions that are practically actionable, even for a depressed person, for a person with depression. So when I started, it's already very hard to get out of bed, right? For anybody who has depression, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. And when we, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And when you want to take action, when I started my journey, and it was about mindset and spirituality, and it was really uplifting. And I started shifting how I think about myself but still I wasn't sure what to do because yeah I gotta do this and that and make a vision board and then there are so many tools but even with so much affirmations and other things I wasn't going anywhere still I was just feeling more empowered but I don't know what to do and so what I help clients to do is to identify all the teeny tiny steps that they are actually able to do without resistance. So again, going back to the example of going to gym, if they can only do waking up at 5 o'clock and opening their eyes, we will start with that. The moment that it becomes very easy to open your eyes, we go straight to get out of the bed, and that's it. You get out of the bed until it's easy. And we do it in a very specific process to make sure that we are working on the right steps at the right order. But how, yeah, this is how we do the practical part is to make sure that we design the action plan in a way that it is doable Mm. based on the person's current belief system. Because wow. if, for example, a person working on self confidence, I yeah. won't necessarily just tell them go to the bus stop and talk to a stranger. No, hundred percent. Yeah, maybe yeah, I'll yeah. tell them to talk loudly in front of themselves in the mirror. For example, maybe most people without self confidence can't even do that.
0: So well, yeah. this is true, and I, and I feel this is this is really. Let's hit on the integration of what you've just said there, because so many people uh the reason that they don't take action it's it almost reminds me of the the metaphor of you know the the room the junk room that is so now filled up with stuff that you've never dealt with that you're too scared to approach because it seems too hard to eat the elephant in one bite and Mm -hmm. what i'm really hearing regine say is that you chunk it down you do it in you know these little incremental pieces that are going to take you to the relevance of where you are in the beginning and i love that because you're obviously keeping people accountable with those small action steps and making sure that, you know, they're staying true to it and there's something very powerful about that and being able to do it in piece by piece to bring the peace, to bring the power, to bring the glory. So, you know, what would you say to that person right now that hasn't really been taking massive aligned action the way that they could? What would be your your big tip for them to make a start?
1: Mm. I think I want to share a fact that a lot of studies published in the NIH actually show that about 94% of cases of depression is is correlated with how much identity conflict they actually have, more than the imbalance in their hormones. And these studies show that the more severe the depression symptoms are, the more likely that they have more identity conflicts. It means that the person that, they want to be, or their ideal self is very far from their present self. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot yeah. of people know that. And so I think when we understand that this is the impact, this is how much misalignment can go, that we can even go down to depression and be suicidal, unfortunately, yeah. is imagine how much we can do when we are perfectly aligned it's all about knowing and doing and feeling are all agreeing with one another because the moment Mm. we say no when we want to say yes and then start doing it we all know how it feels right and that's just the beginning of a never-ending cycle it will never end because again our brain is used to it our brain is familiar with it the brain wants to do it yeah. So if anybody at all is feeling misaligned and you don't know exactly what to do or where to go, yeah, it's where it's where I come in, it's why I do what I do. Or if it's not I was me, gonna say I'm it's it's like start. a full, yeah.
0: yeah, it's like a full circle right there. And yeah. I love it. So guys I believe that if you are ready to connect, if you are ready to raise, if you are ready to do the work and work with this beautiful woman, you need to really, really look at joining in her program. And you can contact Regine, through the link we're going to put the link in here so make sure you jump on it right now and Regine I just want to thank you for the gold nuggets that you have shared here today thank you so much
1: thank you so much Derry I really
0: enjoyed it. okay so would you like to know how to take the next step the next step is you may want to bring your legacy onto my show and by the way If you haven't subscribed to my show, make sure you do and tell it to your friends because we are always bringing some ingenious content every single week. But if you are ready to go really, really deep with your zone of genius, you can contact me so we can absolutely go through all of those teachings and trainings and high energy frequencies and put you right here on the red carpet where you can really expound your most powerful message. So how can you do that? You can reach me by my website or find the link in this chat. You can also go to my bio on social media and you will find me and you can even Find the podcast launching pad in my bio to click in to an appointment so you can come on this show. And you will get all backstage grooming. You will get backstage. You will be in a vortex where we will actually harness you in creating your message and your magic and your zone of genius and taking you through this beautiful formula and launching your service your legacy on this show and everybody watching is going to know everybody listening should I say is going to know that you are getting the best of the best in their field so keep watching keep sharing keep playing and remember if you are looking for a powerful transformation to live your legacy life I am just a click away so go ahead and click in and I look forward to seeing you on the next
1: program. See you soon.